beautiful people. Thank you so much for joining Peeling Back the Layers of Your Life podcast. I'm your host, LaRonda C. Giddens. Ashley Braxton began her passion for coaching after spending 10 years working in various industries. She started her journey in the music industry, evolving into talent and tour managing. After moving to Paris, she transitioned into a communications role in education and leading company culture with supporting leadership in the fintech and blockchain sector. Hello. Hey, Ashley, how are you? How are you? Great to meet you. I'm so proud of you for this podcast. This is so great. We need this. We need thank more you. of you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm proud of you for all the work that you're doing as well. I loved your uh, webinar last week, the whole mental health thing. Oh, it was so great. Yeah. I just, I, I just work with them and I do those things and collaborate with them all the time. And it's just nice. one of my projects that, that I I'm in love with, like, Anytime we can help somebody get better. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's definitely the goal is to help each other out in whatever way we can. Whatever way we can. Awesome. Okay. So before we get deep off into our conversation, I need an update on the cat. Now, were you in Greece? Where, where was all that going on? Because I remember it probably was like less than 30 days ago. I think you were in Greece and there was this little cat. Every time you opened the door, <laughs> the cat was sitting at the door holding you hostage. I need an update on the cat. <laughs> I was a cat in Greece and we, we just, she was just a stray cat, but she loved to be right there by the door. So <laughs> at the end, when we were leaving, you know, we said our goodbyes, we left her Aww. some food, but it was just funny because every time we would open the door, she would be right there just <laughs> We're like, girl. <laughs> now, were you feeding her at the time? Did you think that's why no. she kept coming back, or maybe someone else that was there previously? I think someone her? else was doing it because in the place where we were it was like a row of apartments mm-hmm. on the top and the bottom, and there were some people who left her out some food or left her out some water. But then with us, because we were all the way at the end, and the easiest for her to climb up and down, she just was there. I was like, girl, this is borderline begging. Like, wow. (laughs) I was cracking up. I said, I've got to ask her about this cat and get an update. (laughs) That was so funny. So funny. I loved it. So let's talk about Ashley for a moment. Who is Ashley Braxton? Can you describe yourself in three words? Is that even possible? Is that a thing? Oh my gosh, three words. Okay abundance, free, and ambitious. I think that's what I would have to say. Okay. So now we need to go back to the abundance part. Tell me about (laughs) that. Why'd you choose that word? Abundant. Like it's such a transformation of work that I've done for myself to be able to look at exactly where I am and know that it's so abundant Mm-hmm. And then to be able to know like more is always available, but before yeah. you can have more, you've got to be able to look at what you have and realize that what you have is already abundant for you to embrace mm-hmm. more. How did so you get to that. that point? Because when we hear the word abundance, people don't really, it's, it's, become, it's become becoming trendy just, just a little bit, but I don't think people really get it 
in the context no. in which you speak about it. Because when I think about abundance, you know, it's not just about money. It's, it's really about, like you said, appreciation of where you are and what you have and knowing that there's more to come. It's not just this limited scarcity. It's, you know, I have this abundance for this amount of time. I better take advantage of it while it's here. But we truly have access to abundance forever. It's never ending. How did you get to that right. point of knowing that? Well, it took a lot of work. <laughs> of course. You know, that, that took a lot of work. But I'm, I'm grateful for that journey. But I really had to sit with myself and sit with my thoughts and realize what I was telling to myself. And to be able to look at where you are in your life and to be in when people say where you are in your life is a direct correlation of your thoughts, mm -hmm. that was quite powerful. And when I looked at where I was and I was like, okay, well, I'm not happy here, 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 here. It was like, yeah, because you have these scarcity thoughts, you know what I mean? Like, why would you not think that a, you could have everything that you want and B, why do you feel like you already don't have, why do you feel like you are in need of, of seeking something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. It's powerful in the sense that you have the awareness that your thoughts do dictate where you are and where you're going. And a lot of people don't do exactly what you said. We don't sit in our thoughts enough or we're not even aware that we need to. So like, how does that even happen? How do you get to a place of, okay, I need to really sit in my thoughts. And what does that really mean? Because a lot of times we talk about it, but we don't really teach people how to do that. Like, what was your oh, process for sitting in your thoughts? It's so true. I love this question. First of all, do you feel like you are enlightened in the sense of understanding? Yes. If you know what I mean? Yes, I do. And that took a lot of work. That took yeah. a lot of peeling layers. And it took a lot of really looking at myself and seeing things that I didn't like. Mm -hmm. And having that desire to change it. So I was all, I feel like I've always been seeking something and I never really knew what that something was until I, I came upon that something. And it's like, oh, that's what I've been looking for. That's what I've been searching for. And I think those things have led me to the point of being more enlightened on a deeper level. I feel like the, the more I seek it, the deeper it goes and the more I can see. So the, the level of clarity that I have in my life is just, has been so profound. And so I'm constantly seeking that out, constantly looking for more and constantly wanting to know more. Mm. And that's so, it's such a beautiful thing. It's, yeah. And it's addictive. Yeah, it is. It's so it really addictive. Is. Especially when you can see the results of that. Exactly. Exactly. But it was interesting for me because I realized that I had to believe in myself first and then the rest would come. But Absolutely. when you're living in this world, you view life as what you see. So when you can't see something, it's really hard to imagine it and to create this world and, and, and create these thoughts upon something and have so much power and momentum that it could literally shape into exactly what you want. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was a, it was a long struggle, but when I could sit down and, and really look at myself and take that as not a criticism, but take it as, Oh, we've got work to do. 
but mm-hmm. in a fun way. Right. I was once I realized that, then I'm like, oh, okay, it's game time. It's so fun. Yeah. And then, and then it becomes fun. Yeah. And another critical piece of it too is the feeling. What you feel. Oh. I think. I think the. It, it, it's, it's, there's so many layers of that and so many dimensions of wanting to do more and be more and, and reach that higher self and whatever that means to, to each person. But I think what helps to guide you along the way is how, how you feel. How do your thoughts make you feel? And I think the feeling of things and wanting to feel that feeling of joy or happiness or contentment or satisfaction or just the feeling of that feeling good and those thoughts are feeling good to you, then to me, that becomes my guidepost to kind of keep me kind of taking that next step forward because, oh, wow, I took this step forward and, oh, that feels really good. Or I took this step and that didn't feel too good. I don't want to really feel that again. So let me, let me kind of focus on those things that make me feel good. And not saying that we're going to feel good all the time, but as far as guiding yourself to that, your, your next level of your greatness it's a feeling and it's a, it's a, it's a thoughts and the feelings and connecting those things that kind of keep you moving forward. Like you said, gaining the momentum, the feeling of it is just, it's intoxicating. It is. And then you have to be humble enough to know that when you're doing this, you're doing this for yourself. So as you were saying, the feeling of gratification is self. Mm-hmm. It's not, it, and it can shine out. Meaning like if you feel abundant and happy, when you're walking down the street, you, you're just automatically smiling. And so it attracts someone else, mm-hmm. but that person can't feel what you feel. Absolutely. So sometimes we want to project like, oh, you know, how we feel inside, whether it's by money or, you know, riches or wealth or things like that, but it's actual internal feeling that mm-hmm. then exudes into the, the, you know, outside dimension. Absolutely. And people can see it. They can't really put a, a, a word to it or a phrase yeah. to it, but they can look at you and be like, girl, you are glowing. And they right. can see it, you know? <laughs> it's so true. It's I always, what it. are you doing in your life? Right. You drinking some water, girl. You doing some <laughs> self-care. What are you doing? Yes, I'm doing all of those things, moisturizing, all of that. I'm but from the it. inside out. Right. From the inside out. So you can moisturize from the inside out. People, did y'all catch that? Moisturizing from the inside out exactly i love that oh that could be a thing moisturizing from the inside out Hmm. let me think on that (laughs) (laughs) oh miss ashley where were you born and raised i was born and raised in maryland actually cool in the u.s of a u.s of a so why did you want to participate in this black woman living abroad series This is so important. When we were growing up, we did not have Black women living abroad as someone I could read about in a book, as someone I could see on TV. And so, you know, when you're growing up, you don't have those dreams. And I think that this is a great way and tool for Black women to see that, hey, you know, you can do anything anywhere. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. When did you first become aware of like people living abroad? I mean, conceptually, you know, that people are living in other countries, but at what age were you like, oh, wow, people are, there's people living outside of the United States. When did that happen for you? 
I was really lucky because I worked at a library from, I guess, the age of maybe 12 to 16. And I just got lost in books. So mm. for me, it was it was a great escape to be able to come and pick up a book and be transported somewhere. And then to also like have so many different things around me. I mean, I would pick up a book and it'd be a Russian book. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to be a Russian spy. And I'd take that book home and I'd just glance through, you know, a book of Russian dictionary. I don't know why I did that, but (laughs) it's just to show you that that's what can happen. And then from there, my thoughts just got deeper. Oh, I'm going to be a spy. I'm going to learn Russian. I'm going to go here. I'm going to do that. So for me, it was, it was books. I was saved by the books. Got it. Got it. So what did you want to be when you grew up? What were your, were your thoughts other than being a Russian spy and all that stuff? Like real life. When I was five, I wanted to be a janitor. (laughs) (laughs) At five? At five. I was like, wow, look at that mop. Look at that mop. I want that. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) But no, but then. I wanted to be, I wanted to be an ice skater and then I wanted to be an astronaut for a really long time. Um, And then after that, I kind of lost my way. So I didn't really know what I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it, it wasn't until maybe, maybe two and a half years ago, three years ago that, that I realized, okay, I really want to help make an impact on others. And then that's Mm -hmm. how I got into coaching. Awesome. Awesome. And we'll get into that conversation about what you do and who you coach and all that good stuff. But first, tell us, like, peeling back the layers of your life, when you heard the name of the podcast, what were your thoughts? Did anything resonate with you? Yeah, there's a lot of layers going on. <laughs> That's <what> I, <laughs> well, I was like, wow, this is fitting, isn't it? Look at, all these <laughs> Look at the timing of this podcast conversation. But it's interesting because peeling back the layers for me, actually, if I'm peeling back this top layer of where I am now, it's it's someone who is less secure. It's someone who was, um, you know, brought up to to do a lot of what society wants you to do. So it's interesting because I, I love it how you said peel back the layers and it's in two sides because you can peel it back, but then also there, there has been added layers. So mm-hmm. I love that it's the intermix of you can peel it or you can add it. Mm. You know, that's what I interesting. Mean? Yeah. I never thought about it like that. Yeah. Hmm. So I, I feel like peeling back my layers is getting to an older Ashley. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it's, it's also great because each layer that I put on is a more abundant, significant, you know, fearless, Ashley. Got it. It's both, which I love. I love that. I haven't heard that before. I like that. I do like that a lot. Thank you. Interesting. So tell me a layer that you had to peel in order for you to embark upon this life of living abroad. What was one of your layers? Wow. A really big layer was not caring about what anybody thinks of you, you know, because when you, when you, when I said I'm going to France, 
most people are like, oh, okay, she's probably having some sort of psychotic breakdown. Mm-hmm. Um, why would anyone want to do that? You don't even speak French. It's, it seems, you know, very chaotic. You yeah. can either look yeah. at that in two ways. Some people would look at that and be like, oh my gosh, you're so fearless. That's great. That's awesome. Look at you. And then some people look at it and they're like, wow, you're like all over the place. What, that seems a bit reckless. You know, mm-hmm. what are you, what are you doing? And so I really had to shed that skin of caring about what anyone thought and just stay clear about what I knew I needed and mm-hmm. stay clear about making sure that I rolled that path all the way and crossed the finish line. That's awesome. So what was the catalyst that li- led you to living abroad? Mm. You know, I, I think very differently than, than a lot of people around me, how I was raised. And I always felt like the black sheep in the sense. And I wanted to, to, to stay true to that and stay true to myself and appreciate myself for who I, who I am and not try to fit in. I never thought fitting in was fun. I didn't think, I never thought it was cool. I always was asking, but why, but why? That was, that's my favorite question, but why? You know what I mean? Why, why, what is the, does it give you happiness? Does it give you, what is it? And so I think knowing that I wanted to really figure out who I am was mm-hmm. a, was major for me. Got it. Love it. Love it. And I love the the fearlessness of not really caring about what other people thought about what you were going to do with your life. And that's, that's a huge layer to peel is other people's expectations of what they want you to do with your life. Oh, yeah. And that was one of the layers I had to peel myself. It's, I'm an only child. So it's like, you know, there's a lot of pressure and a lot of expectations of what people want you to do. And it's like, I want to do what I want to do and I'm going to do what I want to do. So I, I totally get that. I totally get that. And it's funny because people always ask, why, why did you leave as if, you know, why did you leave that sort of environment of being in music and things like that? And it's, it's always, it's always interesting answering it because my, my answer is never something that's outrageous or crazy. It was like, well, I just felt happy being over here. And Mm -hmm. they're like, what? What? Yeah. Yeah sacrificing your happiness is not something it's something that we've been trained to do but it's not something mm-hmm. that we would be doing absolutely absolutely and another person's understanding of how you perceive happiness versus how they perceive happiness right. is totally two different things because people can look at your life and be like man i wish but then you are looking at it from a different perspective because you're in it so it's it's a different lens when you're in something versus looking at it from the outside. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's really great to, to be able to come to your own awareness to say, I'm going to reclaim my life and do what I want to do with it. That's yeah. a courageous place to be in your life. And it's a very powerful place to be in your life where you can, can do that. It's so true. It's awesome. So let's mm-hmm. talk about you and career coaching. Like how did all that happen? Thoughts about that? It's funny because working in in France, it's in such a such. Okay, hold on a second. Hold on a second. 
you were talking about you're in Spain right now, correct? Yes. But you've been referencing France. So did I miss where did France come in? Ah, so before I was living in Barcelona, I've been living in Barcelona for for one year. But before that, I was living in France for five years. Oh, cool. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So my last endeavor in, in Paris, I was working in quite a big company, a corporate company, and everyone wanted to sit down and have lunch. And everyone found it very easy to speak to me and to talk to me, but everyone just was in a state of unhappiness. And I always kind of would just be like, but why don't you just do this? And they're like, well, mm-hmm. it's not so easy. And I always kind of was like, yeah, but just do this. Like, it's easy because it makes you happy, no? So it was interesting always having some sort of lunch. And then I thought, you know, I actually kind of enjoy this. Mm-hmm. So I decided to take it on and and I really wanted to create an impact and really help people and companies see that, you have to help foster the individual to create, you know, a, a company with a legacy and to to find the values, to find the mission, to find the meaning, to find some sort of purpose. But for everyone to have their individual purpose, which linked in towards the company's purpose, and that's how you create change. And that's how you can have these great leaders and, and have all these, these amazing leadership skills. And so it's something that I'm just, I just love it. It makes me so happy. I love that. So yeah. in the in the career field of, of coaching others and coaching people to really step into their next lo- level of greatness, whatever that may be, what kind of trends are you noticing as it relates to the pandemic? What kind of choices people are making in their careers as a result of the pandemic? Wow, most people are really realizing that they're unhappy. Mm. A lot of people are really starting to, to understand that. But then it's interesting because of the pandemic, it's also harder for people to make such a jump and such a change because of how uncertain things are. You know, so it's it goes both ways. But I found that to be a really, really interesting trend, actually. Mm. Yeah. And I'm noticing too, a lot of women are kind of leaving the workplace um, for various reasons. And I'm noticing, especially for, as it relates to childcare and different things like that, but a little going a little bit deeper into it, a lot of women are just like, you know what, I'm good. And they're looking for alternatives to going back to the office, so to speak. And I know for myself, we've been, I mean, we've, We've been back in the office, I'd say for the last maybe four months or so, but I've just been, we've been kind of working kind of half at home and half at work. So we haven't been doing the traditional, everybody back in the office, five days a week, eight hours a day. Like I couldn't even imagine that. I was talking to one of my work colleagues last week and it's like, I couldn't imagine if we were back in the office for eight hours a day, five days a week sitting in Atlanta traffic. Like I can't even fathom that. And I don't know what I would do if I ever had to truly go back to that, to that space. It just seems, it just, it just seems like a world away. It just seems like so many years ago that happened, but it was only just like, you know, like a year or so ago. Yeah. So I can't even imagine, like my body can't even physically do that <laughs> it can't when I wake up on Monday mornings I'm like thanking God that I don't have to you know jump back on that that race of 
jumping up early Monday morning and, you know, getting dressed and running to the office, sitting in prep. I just can't imagine that anymore. I, I just, I don't know what I would do. I think I probably would have a nervous breakdown, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> it, it did, it did change. And to think about going back, I mean, I don't know. It, it's so, it's, it's super fun as well, because you're also looking at companies and you're like, yeah, so you really don't need these people to be at your office. At all. Know. Yeah, and like at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally not necessary if you survived it's not necessary Are yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> tell us about the creative quantum leap group program and who that program benefits the most tell us about it oh my gosh i actually got rid of that program <laughs> did you <laughs> yeah i saw it on your instagram so i was like let me ask i did that. you're i did you're so right but the thing is 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 that, you know, as a coach, you kind of have to go through, and I'm quite new at coaching in the sense of I've only had my business open for, for a year now, but you have to figure out what works best for you. Absolutely. And sometimes it's hard to facilitate group coaching because everyone is so individual and so individualistic. Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted to, I'd never done group, group coaching when you don't know what you like until you try it. Right. And so first little trial run it was like eh, I, I'd prefer one-on-one -on -one. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I'm a no not that I'm not a good coach I, I know that I can do what I need to do I just don't feel my best doing it mm -hmm. it feels lazy sometimes for yeah me. and, and for I, me. I think I think too like when you start a new business and you're getting information from so many different sources and you're right. You have to kind of try a couple different things to see what works best for you because a group coaching program for someone else might be fine, but that may not be the place where you feel at your best. I, I totally get that. And you do have to try on a couple different things to see what works. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So let's talk about the Happy Choice podcast. And why was that important for you to create a podcast around mental health? Well, it was so important to me because when my sister passed away, I went into just such a negative energy. I was mm -hmm. depressed. I was angry. I wasn't feeling good. And thankfully, you know, she came to me in my dream and told me to get my, my life together which was such a, a great push. But as I went to go get my life together, you look around and you see so many people are suffering and you, the tools are available for you to get help. But sometimes it just seems like people are afraid to tackle that and, and that's okay. But I really wanted to bring together something to show people like, look, listen to this podcast your story is not there's there's a lot of crazy stories out here mm -hmm. and on my podcast I showcase showcase some of those intense stories but I also showcase how we're able to freely talk about things um, and and you can see and hear the growth in someone as they're sharing such a, a deep and in-depth story and they're not afraid to talk about how they went to go get the therapy that they needed or sometimes mm -hmm. I am speaking to a therapist and I'm asking them, you know, what, 
a therapist from all around. Like, like a, there's an imposter coach that I have, or there's a, another one that's an ADHD coach. So it's just more of, here's a good way for you to get the help that you need or help someone get the help that they need. You can send someone a podcast and be like, Hey, I think this would really help you out. And if Mm -hmm. they can listen to it and vibrate with it and understand what, what it is, and they can come out of it and be like, Oh my gosh, okay. There is hope for me Mm -hmm. to bring that hope inside of people. That's awesome. We, we need that so much. And I think, you know, since even before the pandemic, but more specifically now, we're not completely done with the pandemic, first and foremost. In, in my mind, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. And right. not until I feel comfortable enough getting on a plane and flying somewhere, my mindset is we're still in the middle of a pandemic. But mm-hmm. I feel like the, the after effects, after we, we, we kind of have gotten on the other side completely, and my, my thoughts have been, how is this going to affect us psychologically going forward? Because what I'm seeing now a lot of is the acting out behavior of people in the streets, whether it's in an airport, on an airplane, um, standing in line at Publix or Walmart, like people are really starting to act out. And I think a lot of it is, is as a result of us being you know, on lockdown and just the fatigue of, of everything. It's like we're on overload, overload fatigue. And I just don't think that we've been having a lot of conversations about mental health and how this is affecting us and how it's going to f- affect us going forward. So I think having a podcast like yours is very important and it's we need to have conversations about mental health. I mean, I've been in this, this mental health mm-hmm. field for my God, almost about a little bit over 20 years now. And it's just, it's amazing what I'm starting to see now because I'm primarily working with, uh, with, with youth, but mm-hmm. now it's like, I'm focusing my energy on the adults and it's just like, it's mind numbing really. Yeah. And it's sad when also when someone doesn't like to see that it's mind, body and soul. Absolutely. And that those three things are connected and, and you can actively make, you know, a choice and and to help yourself in all three of those areas. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome. So you describe yourself as a five census traveler. What does that mean? I think I know what it means, but I want to hear your version. Oh, I love traveling and I love to encourage its people. And I think when you're in tune with yourself, you're in tune more with your five senses. And so I really like to savor travel through my five senses. So I do a lot of, you know, sitting in places, sitting in areas, sitting with locals and smelling what, when you sit down, what do you smell? How is it different? What types of memories do those things interact? And I like to write those things out and sort of create, uh, I guess, create depth Mm. to be able to bring that back with you and then use that in your own world and in your own work. It's very powerful. Yeah. Um, 
And I wish that more people would be willing to travel this way. Uh, And so I'm really trying to work on getting some retreats going so that I can help show people this way of traveling and to really help them connect with themselves, connect with others, and to really find more purpose in their life. I love it. I love it. So your love of travel has taken you to over 200 plus hotels worldwide and you're obsessed with hotel vibes and all that good stuff. What is it about hotels that just really does it for you? And how in the world were you able to travel to all of these different places? Oh my gosh. I love it because it's almost like, it's almost like the library. It's like you, you're transported (laughs) into a new world. And the greatest thing about what I was doing before in the music industry is that I had to know a lot of people when, when we're traveling and I'm going to a hotel, I do need to know who's the front desk agent. I need to know who's the general manager. I need to know the security guard. I need to know the chef. I need to know so many people. And so it becomes a home like environment, knowing that there's all of these different roles that everyone ties in together and it becomes, you know, a place. And sometimes I would be out on the road and have to be living in a hotel for, for three months. Those people become your family. They become your home. Mm-hmm. So hotel vibes for me are, are super fun. And when you can find one that really makes you feel really good, it, it's so fun. And, and I'm grateful that my work in the music industry and even my work now has, has just allowed me to kind of go all over and explore and talk to people. And it's, it's the best thing when you're at a hotel and you look over at the dinner table and you're like, hello, how are you? <laughs> it starts a conversation and, and that conversation leads to endless friendships and, and just moments of clarity or, or question or learning. And that's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Awesome. So of all the places that you traveled, where has been your all-time favorite travel destination? I know that's probably hard to to identify one but if you could just say one place what would you where would you say very hard (laughs) (laughs) wait you go first (laughs) uh okay i can say unequivocally my favorite place was venice italy yeah venice italy italy's so good right Mm -hmm. did you go to rome as well i didn't the only place i went in italy was venice you're going to have to but I do Rome. plan to go back to do Rome and Florence and all yeah. those other lovely places. To be fair, I don't I don't have I don't have one that's my favorite, but look, Italy is always great and I really actually really adored Japan, I have to say. Mm. Japan was, was it was really really cool. Nice. Is there any place that you haven't been that you'd like to go? Yes, New Zealand. I have no mm. idea where I got on this New Zealand kick. I'm lying. I do. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Oh, wait a minute, I, I don't know exactly know. where it is. <laughs> um, I, first of all, what is going on in New Zealand? Do you know any news about New Zealand? You know, I don't. I haven't heard anything lately, but it's funny that you mentioned that because I was making a list of all the places that I that I haven't been that I want to go and New Zealand is on that list. I don't know how it got there either. I really don't. <laughs> I think I saw it somewhere on Instagram or something. I'm like, oh, I want to go to New Zealand. 
what because i was thinking about australia and then i was like oh new zealand too new zealand too i don't know it just seems like such a far far away place i would love to go in this tucked away little corner of the earth and just sort of be there even in that silence Mm -hmm. I, I i would just love to sit in that nature and I don't know. What does that feel like? I I have to feel it. I have to go. I have to know. Okay. New Zealand it is. (laughs) What has has been your most challenging moment living abroad? Most challenging moment. Mm, Sometimes there's moments where, you know, you need to do the extra work. Like when you go outside, you need to be more, it's almost like five cents traveling. You need to be hyper aware of what's around you, where you're going, especially if you're new, you need to be, your ears are hyper, like listening to what's going on around you. You're trying to piece things together. Um, You know, you're trying to find directions and things like that. And sometimes I, I can get lazy in the sense of I'm not going to put myself in those sort of situations or I'll just stay home or, um, Maybe I won't make that extra step because I'm tired, you know, mm-hmm. but that's never, never an excuse to, to, to say you're tired in that sense. And so that sometimes for me, I can get a little bit lazy and yeah. just be like, yeah, I'm going to stay home. Yeah. 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 I, and it makes sense. It really makes sense. What's been your most memorable moment living abroad? The people being able to, no, growing up in the U.S., sometimes your way of thinking is limited. And it's it's anywhere, but limited in the sense of sometimes you forget that the other world exists, whereas mm-hmm. in the other world, they sometimes they I mean, they know everything about America. They're like, where are you from? Right. Oh, my God, you're from America. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and we sometimes but because we're in it, it's not anything that's bad, but it's really nice to be able to look around me where I am now and have friends from Uruguay, have friends from Venezuela, have friends from Denmark, have friends mm-hmm. you know, from Japan, have friends from everywhere that we're able to sit together and find some sort of commonality that yeah, either unites nice. us or we can feel their pain, their struggle, and you can feel it in all aspects. So maybe, you know, as black women, we understand what racism is more than racism is like in, in America. And so to be able to look at someone who's from another country and they're like, maybe it's not technically racism and the way mm-hmm. you see it in America, but it's still racism over here. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Just, I hope I spoke that well. But yeah, you did. I mean. You did. Yeah. Have you ever found that? Yeah. You know, with this podcast, I, you know, I've been doing this podcast since uh, January of 2019. And literally I'm coming up on 100 episodes. December will be a hundred episodes. And I have spoken to people and it's funny because the other day I was saying to myself, you have spoken to someone at every single continent in the world. Wow. And I have listeners in every single continent in the world. I have like over 70 different countries of different countries listening to my podcast. And I've spoken to about 41 different people 
from different countries all over the world. So I totally get it to be able to, to have these conversations. It's just, it's unreal. Sometimes when I think about it, it's like a lot of people can't say that. Yeah. A lot of people can't say that they've spoken to someone in Africa or someone in Hong Kong, a black woman in Hong Kong. Like, what, what is she doing there? Right. A black woman in China. What is she what doing she there? Exactly. A black woman in Albania. What the hell is she doing there? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, it, it's just, it's very interesting. And a black woman in Iceland, in Norway. Wow. I mean, this, even just this particular series itself, I just kind of came up with this idea about a month or so ago. And it's just really been phenomenal to really talk to black women in these spaces I mean, in corporate spaces, in, you know, their entrepreneurial spaces, they have their own businesses and just some digital nomads popping around to different places in the world and finding their space and setting up. It's just been a phenomenal journey. I mean, from 2019 to now, but just, I don't know, there's, there's a deeper, something deeper is happening with this particular series that I'm doing that I didn't know that I would be having. So yeah, it's 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 the people. It's always about the people, but to be able to talk to people that you don't normally talk to and to hear their perspective on different things. Like I spoke to a guy, his name is um, Dr. Eben Alexander. He was on the Oprah Winfrey show. And this man was, I, I remember that particular episode. He was in a coma for seven days. He was a neurosurgeon. and He went into a coma for seven days. He got an infection in his brain. And to this day, they still don't know what it is. It's a very rare uh, thing that happened to him. And he came out of that coma. And to be able to have a conversation with him, and to ask him all of these different questions about what was happening with him and his mind and his body. And, you know, one question that I asked him, which was really kind of interesting, I said to him, Dr. Alexander, is the mind and the brain the same thing? Because when we talk about it, we talk about them as though they're separate entities. And just, it was just such a really rich dynamic conversations uh, that I'm having on my podcast, things that I didn't even really know about and just being right. able to do the research to have the conversations with a neurosurgeon, my God, really? So yeah, it's, it's the people and what the people are offering and what they're sharing, sharing their stories and the willingness to share their stories has been an absolute, I mean, a blessing, a total blessing. But a blessing because also for you, congratulations for you that you're able to approach people in that way and, and say, Hey, you know what I mean? Like that's also, there's a lot about you as an individual. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So you talked briefly about the languages. Are there, have you found that there've been any like barriers to traveling and learning the language and being able to communicate? And are you fluent in any languages? So I am fluent in English. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm, kidding. <laughs> I'm just being silly. I'm being silly. But wait, you know what someone told me though? I think I asked someone that question and they were like, you know what? It's not something that you really have to concern yourself with because business is conducted in English. That's what she told me. Yeah. Yeah. However, the other part is when you're there as a local, just kind of learning certain little things to kind of get you around where you are so yeah no but um I speak French as well I'm learning Spanish at the current moment I can dabble a little bit in Portuguese 
Um, and my partner is teaching me Russian as well. So it's nice. It's, it's a lot going on, but it's fun. And it's also great sometimes to have to let your guard down and yeah, maybe you don't know the word, but you can act it out a bit or you can make some gesture in the air and they're like, Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay. Got you. Got you. Got so those are always fun moments. Nice. What has living abroad taught you about yourself, Ashley? Oh, that I can do anything I want to do. I can be anything I want to be. I am the creator of my life and life is good. Life is good. Life is good. That's going to be the title of this particular episode of yours. Life is good. Life is good. Yeah. Life is good. It is. It really is. It, it really, really is. is. And it's so nice to be able to, to say that. And someone can be like, it really is. And, and understand that. Mm-hmm. Because how many times do you find yourself going through the day and, and, and people are like, oh, so what do you do? And you're like, oh, but I like my job. And life is great and I'm happy and I just had all of this and this and this and this and this happened to me today and someone sort of look at you and be like what right what do you mean (laughs) absolutely yeah again it's that internal thing it's that you know that that internal moisturizing that we do I love it what advice would you give to someone who wants to move abroad but they just haven't done it yet they're just kind of sitting on the fence jump jump and and try and find as much peace and happiness in the jump don't expect any don't expect don't expect anything more than like no don't expect anything less than that you're going to land safely and 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 thrive nothing less i love that i love that What else do you want people to know about living abroad? Like, is there anything else that you're like, oh, let me, let me say this. This is something that people really need to know about living abroad or just something general. I don't know. What else do you want us to know? It's really nice to be able to be put in a place where you're not the center of attention. Maybe I'm in a place and they don't speak English and they shouldn't because that's not their language you know? right and maybe they don't have what i'm normally accustomed to and they shouldn't because that's not what what i'm there to to observe and to learn about so it's really nice when you're able to humble yourself put yourself in a situation where you have to sit back and learn and allow yourself to have fun learning because so many people when you're abroad will teach you they don't mm-hmm. mind and we're all the same, no matter where you go, humans have the same, you know, basic tendencies and needs and things like that. It's just, you know, sometimes you're looking at life and your background is a beach, you know what I mean? Or sometimes mm-hmm. it's the cold in the North or something like that. But traveling can teach you so much about yourself. It can give you the compassion to, to have respect for others. And you're just able to find comfort everywhere you go. That's such a great feeling to me to know that I am totally fine living wherever I have to live. It's, mm-hmm. it's great. And so it opens even more possibilities 
for me when I'm speaking with someone, um, it's just like, yeah, there's this going on here and there's this going on here and there's this going on there. And you're like, wow, this is, it's beautiful. That's awesome. I love that. What's next for you? What's next for me? I, I'm hoping to be on Oprah level. Yeah, me too. In the sense of creation. Yes. Congratulations. That's congratulations to you too. And I'm always going to support you. No matter what and I'll you always need. support you. Whatever you need, you tell me. Um, but to get on that level of thinking and, and working, it takes, it takes a lot of hard work, but I'm so grateful for her for paving that way and mm-hmm. giving us women, but not only women, black women that yes. opportunity to see that it is obtainable. And so she set that marker for me. And so now, I mean, I'm running there and mm-hmm. anyone that I meet the way who wants to come along let's all band together and let's go and how can we help each other and how how can we get others on board and uh i'm i'm ready for the journey it's it's a big one yeah it it is and Mm -hmm. i think when you have that level of aspiration Mm -hmm. you're given the tools that you need you already have that within you but i think the journey of life as you start to peel those layers back and put those layers on Mm-hmm. You, you can clearly see what you came here to do because we all, I, I was listening to Michael Beckwith the other day and he's like, we, we come here loaded and coded with what we already need. Right. So it's just a matter of us really stepping into it. And like you said earlier, believing in yourself, you have to believe and know that that's possible for you to be on that level or even higher than that. Right. And that's why, why uh, that's why I say what I say with Oprah, because th- like I, people don't, people look at it and they're like money. And I'm like, no, 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 no. no that's mindset, not it. That's mindset. That's yeah. what that is. That is a fearless mindset. Absolutely. But guess what happens though? When you have the mindset, the money is, is there. It's already exactly. there. Right. That's not even the focus. The focus no. is no. to help people transform their lives that's and everything that comes along with that is already there i mean you don't have to focus your energy on the money you don't have to focus your energy you're focusing your energy on your purpose and what you came here to do and if you authentically and i hate using that word but that's the only word i can think of at this particular moment but if you truly want to help people transform their lives you want to help people be better people then everything else is already there everything that you need to do the job, quote unquote, it's already there. You are, you're already equipped with whatever you need. Mm. Wow. So it, it's very powerful. It, it's, it's extremely powerful. Maybe not on the, on the, maybe not as much as Oprah has seen in public because she is private, but there was, you know, a point in her life where she was a bit more, more, more public. And I would rather be less public, but be involved in so much. Having the level of impact. Exactly. But on a more private scale. But on a more private level. Yeah. What about you? I think for me, I think it's kind of twofold because I think initially there needed to be the visibility. She needed to have that visibility 
in order to be able to go private. I'm not really sure what route God is going to take me, Mm -hmm. but I know that what I've been doing, it's, it's very, it's very public, like with the podcast and even before the podcast, because I'm an inspirational speaker. I do keynotes and different things like that. So there's a, there's a very public side of me, but I always need to step away from that because I couldn't be in that all the time because it's, it, it takes a lot out of you. Yeah. So a person like myself, I have to step away from that and replenish. I can't be in the public all the time because I know myself, it's like, Ooh, this is a bit too much. So you need those moments where you can kind of have respite and, and rejuvenate and where, when you're out there, you're like, you're, you know, for me, it's like, if you go on a stage, you go out and you, you give everything, you just lay it all out there. But once that stage, once the lights go out, all right, I'm, I'm on the retreat. I'm back, I'm back home. I'm back wherever. And I'm resting and I'm relaxing and just getting ready for the next moment. So you always have to have those moments where you're, you're giving, but then you have to have those moments where you're replenishing also, because you can't really yeah. give if you don't, you can't pour from an, from an empty cup. So when you're in those moments where you're out and you're available to people, I always liken it to like a light socket. I feel like a light socket. Sometimes people come and they plug in and they get what they need. But I know that I I know when I have to cut that off and step back so I can replenish because I know that I'm a giver. That's what I do. Um, And I became very aware of that. So I've, I've kind of learned how to balance the two of those things. So whenever I need to be visible, I can be visible. When I don't need to be visible, then I, I just won't be. Kind of like Sade does it. Like I love how she every every ten years she kind of pops up and everybody goes crazy, and then she's gone for another ten years, and then she comes up and then she's gone. So, you know, exactly. <laughs> exactly. that is exactly no. But you know, that's my fear talking, right? And I'm I'm being honest about that. That's that's definitely one of my fears. But um, you know, that's continuous work that I have to work on too. Fear of being fear of what? It's more of you know, when you want to make an impact so bad, but then sometimes you're just, I just get caught up in, yeah, it's too many people. It's not that it's too many people, but for me, it's, if I'm with, if I'm with you, I'm giving you all of my feeling and all of my emotions. So sometimes it can be draining for me Mm -hmm. a lot to have to show up and um, it's hard to be fake. It's, 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 it's really hard. Um, and I, I'm really learning to to embrace myself and embrace my confidence in, in those areas. But sometimes I just, oh, I'd rather not. So what if you had the luxury of doing it when you wanted to do it? Would that that's be, why I'm would creating. That make a difference? Okay. That makes a difference. Yeah. Right. Because being on demand, being on call whenever, and that, you know, you gotta be here, you gotta be there, you gotta be there. No, I want to be there when I can be there, when I'm available, when my schedule allows for me to be available. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I that's what I see. I don't want to be available at whoever's beck and call. I absolutely right. not. I was I was saying this morning that I know that there there's gonna come a time where I'm going to be able to do that, have the luxury of doing that and being not on anyone else's schedule, but here's my calendar, these are my dates of availability. I'm going to be off the last three months of the year and then just, and that's just how I'm going to do it. Being able to dictate where I'm going to be able to spend my time. I don't want to be just available whenever someone needs me. That's no. 
No. And, and I had to get over that, especially even sh- how I showed up on social media. Now I'm just like, look, if I'm, you know, if you catch me, you catch me. If you don't, that's mm-hmm. how it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ashley, you're amazing. This has been great. What? Really you are amazing. What Thank a beautiful you. podcast. I hope everyone who's listening can truly understand this work. And I'm, I'm sure they do, but you know, just an, another realiteration of, of thank you. And, and thank you for being a role model to someone like myself and so many other women. This is such a beautiful thing that you're doing and, and you're really changing the world. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening to Peeling Back the Layers of Your Life podcast. I'm your host, LaRonda C. Giddens. You can connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching my name. But the best way to find me is on my website at www.LaRondaCGiddens.com. I'll see you next time, everybody.